Rogers scrambles He's left, winds up, runs the ball. He's got time at the 10 to the 5. Brewer fans, welcome to the Brewers Trilogy podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy, the podcast for not only them diehard baseball fans, but also for those fans who enjoy cheering for a team that revolves around beer. My name is Tyler, aka T Plush, your host for the show. I'm a contributor for reviewing the brew for Fansighted and one of the co-founders of the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy podcast, where you can find all the work we do on Twitter at Trilogy underscore pod. We tweet a lot about the Bucks, Brewers, and Packers. Joining me, as always, is good buddy Trevor, a.k.a. Sunshine Bender. You can find him on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. He is a host of the Packers Trilogy podcast and my co-host here for the Brewers. So, before we get to our agenda today, Trevor, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Had a, had a pretty good weekend. For those that don't know, I got to hang out with Tyler and another one of our friends, Navdeep, this weekend, and it was it was a great time. Lots of sun, and I am dealing with some sunburn currently, but it, it was a really good time to be able to see some friends and hang out with people again. So I had a good weekend, and, I, and I'm happy to be back talking brewers. Yeah, battling through the sunburn too. My forehead is on fire, and I'm not quite sure how I'm going to get scanned into the hospital tomorrow because it's going to read I have a fever. But <laughs> we'll, we'll find out. I'll cross that bridge when I get there, I guess. But... Yeah, it was good, and if you remember from last week, we were kind of raving about the, the beer we were going to try that you made, and it, it was a pretty good hit. It was a good wheat good wheat beer, so you did well. Well, thank you, and hopefully next time I will have a better beer um, coming to you the next time I'm able to get over there, so, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it is. We're going to continue to try to make some delicious beer, but they're not all going to be great, so... Gotta play with it, right? Trial and error. It's the only way to learn. <laughs> and I, I'm glad to be the taster, so you do all the other hard work. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we're gonna run into some, some quick news here regarding the MLB and the Brewers. Last week we talked a little bit about the owners and the players association. Well, no agreement has been made there yet. Still arguing over money, essentially. The only thing Real interesting thing that happened is I think the players proposed a 114-game season after last week's podcast, and then the owners came back with 50, and then like right in the middle of that is 82. So it's like, Jesus, guys, get your get your shit together. Like, just let's go with that. 82 sounds good, but no ground made there. The MLB draft is set to start up this week, Wednesday, June 10th. So on next week's podcast, we'll do a little breakdown of the five selections that the Brewers make. We had two Brewer birthdays this week. Manny Pena turned 33, if you can believe that or not. And Freddie Peralta turned 24. And then uh, sticking kind of with birthdays, the Brewers also welcome two new baby Brewers. So Omar Narvaez and then Ryan Braun welcome baby boys into the world. 
So, without looking it up, Trevor, no cheating, do you know the names of Baby Narvaez and Baby Hebrew Hammer? I have absolutely no idea. Not even a best guess? Um, uh, not really is uh, Andrew for Ryan Braun. I have nothing on Narvaez. <laughs> so we have Marcos David Narvaez and then Carter James Braun. And I'll let you redeem yourselves here. Do you know which child number that is for Narvaez and which child number that is for Ryan Braun? No idea. <laughs> number two for Narvaez and number three for Ryan Braun. Dang, you're you're failing knowing their personal lives, Trevor. You should be stalking them more. <laughs> I'm I love watching the players on my favorite teams on the field. I do not keep up with their personal <laughs> lives too much, though. That's fair. And then a, I have a bonus question here, too. So, Narvaez and Braun had children the same week. Do you remember with who and in what year Ryan Braun also shared or had ch- ch- a children with on a similar same week a few years ago? Do you remember the year and who it was? Again, I, I don't follow that, Tyler. I have, I have no idea. And ah, Well, interestingly enough... Ryan Braun and Manny Pena welcomed babies in September of 2016. So it seems like Ryan Braun just has children with, at the same time as all the Brewer catchers. So it's kind of a weird coincidence there. <laughs> well, now you're caught up on Brewer news. Absolutely nothing has happened in the world of baseball yet, and we're already into the beginning part of June. It's to the part of the season where you're kind of getting a feel for maybe who's going to have breakout seasons who's gonna stick with it who are you like get these guys off the team you might even be starting to think about trades but this year not the same so we're gonna do a way too early look at the pending free agents for 2021 so i do think it is worth noting that if the season is canceled the players will lose a year on their contract so like you think of the dodgers and getting mookie bets well he can never play a game for him, which sucks for them. But same way with the Brewers. Some of these guys that they acquired in the offseason might not ever play a single game for us. So they will lose a contract. And the way it got set up last offseason was there was a crap load of club options. So the Brewers would have to pay these guys that whatever that club option was for 2021. So, like, we will take Eric Sogard, for example. His club option for 2021 is $4.5 million. That's what his salary would be if the Brewers decide to stick with it. So we're going to run through that list and just kind of get some early, way too, way too early thoughts on what we're thinking there, <laughs> um, which, is, which is weird for this time of the year. So let's start out with... Brett Anderson, he is the he is one of the new additions who doesn't have a club option. He'll be a free agent, but he is getting paid $5 million in 2020. And would you be interested in bringing him back, Trevor, without seeing him play in the Brewers uniform? Brett Anderson, I I would probably say no. I I'm him I'm kind of on the fence on there's some other players on this list where I have more uh, definitive answers for you. He was the one that I wasn't really sure. And based on this season, what kind of contract can you get for him? He's a year older now. He wasn't able to prove anything. If this goes down the way you're saying in 2020, he's not able to 
prove anything on the field. So are you able to get him for a little bit less, say three and a half or four million, because now he's a year older and you still don't know any more about him. Um, so it's an interesting one, but we'll we'll kind of have to see what happens. If I had to say, I would say they're not going to bring him back. I'm kind of in the same boat. You mentioned age. He'll be 33 at the start of next season. Obviously not a hard thrower, never was known for that, just kind of relies on that sinking fastball and generating contact, keeping the ball in the park, and really just kind of broke out out of nowhere and had a tremendous 2019 season, which got him this contract. So I'm kind of with you and not bringing him back, especially even though some of these minor league pitchers didn't aren't going to get a season, you might be able to, to swing someone in there. Uh, bring him up, um, Ethan Small, maybe, or um, Trey Supak. Just throwing names out there, but I think I think the Brewers would be better off spending their money elsewhere rather than bringing him back, um, even if it is at a little bit lesser of a price. Eric Sogard will go to next. He has a club option for four point five million. Bringing him back. This for me is a hard pass. I understand bringing in versatile players into your organization, but I I just don't see the value at that number for Sogard. I don't think that he's going to be able to be that player that got him that contract, and I, I just don't see that as a viable option for the Brewers, um, and hopefully they can get some of those young minor league players to step up and maybe make it easier for them to say, you know what, we're going to spend that $4.5 million elsewhere. Now I'm the opposite on this one. I think because of the familiarity with the club, this is Sogard's second stint with the Brewers, and I think versatility is, is big, Like especially with the way the Brewers' infield is set up right now. You have a lot of pieces minus Kesson Hira that aren't set in stone. <laughs> you got a lot of guys trying to prove it, and... Kind of like we talked about in the offseason, raising that floor. I think Sogard does it, and keeping keeping him, I, I'm all on board, even if we don't get to see him this year. Um, especially because the next guy, Brock Holt, we're going to talk about next, his club option is for $5 million in 2021, which, sure enough, it's just, just a little bit of an increase. But for that, I'm going to bring Eric Sogard back because he's coming off that resurgent year. Sure, Brock Holt's been been pretty good when he was with the Red Sox and is just as versatile as Eric Sogard in terms of where he can play but I I like the nerd power I'm a sucker for it so like between these two I'd bring Sogard back let Holtz go and uh, maybe find a cheaper utility option elsewhere what are your thoughts on Holt and see that was kind of the opposite thinking of me like Eric Sogard came off a resurgent year yes but also, by next year, he is going to be 35 shortly after the season starts. Um, that's when players start to decline, and having a full year of not playing baseball at 34, 35 years old, I can't imagine that's going to be good. Brock Holt isn't that much younger, but he's he turns 32 here this upcoming week. So it's not that much younger, but I do feel like he has a couple more years of good baseball before the decline starts, which typically um, I'm pretty sure Dr. Scott told us a couple weeks ago that 35 players drop off a cliff. Um, 
especially not the uber elite ones so to my eyes even though it's half a million dollars more in pro sports one what's half a million dollars and two i will take the younger just as proven type of player in brock holt rather than eric sogard yeah i get your reasoning and holt had a a pretty good offensive season for him in in 2019 he was swinging a lot earlier and making a lot harder contact which yeah for being a younger guy and kind of kind of peaking at that time I, i could see a reasoning for wanting to bring him back um but yeah, nostalgia just tells me Sogard. So, well, that's. <laughs> yeah, I do like I do like me some nerd power right. though. Um, okay, speaking of guys we like, if you haven't been following Jed Jerko uh, playing beanbag toss or cornhole or whatever you want to call it this off season, he's done some cr- pretty crazy shots off the field, <laughs> but we haven't seen him play. He signed a a deal with a club option for $4.5 million in 2021. His salary this season would have been $2 million, so a little bit of an increase there. But what are you thinking with Jerko? So this is another interesting one, and I didn't follow him last year. Can you just tell me what happened to him last year? He only had 92 at-bats, and he had a 174 average. Was he hurt last year? Yes, he was hurt. Okay, that makes a little bit more sense. Um but he is a player that I feel like I've heard of and known forever. And he's one that's only 31. So he's actually younger than Eric Sogard as well. And he doesn't turn 32 till late September. So I feel like, to me, even though he's going to be making an increase and he's off that, you know, injury riddled, shaky season that he had in 2019, where, like I said, he had a 174 batting average on base percentage was not even 250 like his numbers weren't good but obviously injuries play a role in that it's kind of interesting though so basically this is going to be David Stearns's who do you prefer type because I don't think they're going to bring all three back I honestly think Stearns brings these three in to see who fits and then that guy's going to be kind of their 2021 utility player and see who works and then you get that player for 2020 and 2021 Um, but it'll be interesting to see what he prefers I think the best player in that mix is Jed Jerko so that's probably who I would pick but I do think just based on recent seasons Brock Holt makes a lot of sense as well because he's been a little bit more he didn't have that injury and that bad season in 2019 so it's between those three I can't imagine they're gonna bring they're not going to bring all three of them back for their more expensive 2021 options, but I'd kind of be surprised if they bring even two of them back. So it'll be interesting to see what they go with, whether it's Sogard, Holt, or Jed Jerko. And really, Jerko, could, they could bring him back to be the third baseman and then have that one of Eric Sogard or Brock Holt to be your utility guy too. So it'll be interesting to watch. If I had to guess, I'll say Jerko and Holt are coming back. Yeah, a canceled season definitely hurts Jerko the most here, I think, because that price tag of $2 million, what we signed for this year, was perfect for Prove It, but if there's no season, <laughs> you can't prove it. So I wonder if it could maybe be an option that they decline his option with the Brewers and then could maybe just re-sign him again as a free agent <laughs> and do something similar. I It'll be interesting to see how this offseason shakes out and 
how players are moving around if they want to move around. I don't know how that's going to all shake out, but you mentioned you'd you'd heard Jerko's name quite a bit, and yeah, you probably remember him from the Cardinals. His first season there in 2016, he hit 30 home runs. Uh, season after, hit 20. So he's only had one 30 homer season, so he's got a little bit of pop in his bat. Usually like that mid 250s average, and can find ways to contribute uh, quite often. So most Cardinals end up being Brewer killers, unfortunately, just from playing them so much. So that's where I remember him from the most. But I'm kind of on board with declining that for now. Four and a half, it's just too much for a guy you don't know. You you don't know what you're gonna get out of him. So. Justin Smoke is our next guy, and he was a little bit more of the pricier option. He signed for more guaranteed money this season. That may or may not happen, and then his club option is for $5.5 million for 2021. So what are you thinking with Smoke? This one I feel like is tough just because if they don't bring him back, who are they going to put at first base? Like that That's the thing for me with Justin Smoke is I'm like, okay, you don't bring him back, but then you're going to have to go sign someone in free agency anyways at first base, probably, unless there's someone coming up that can step up in 2021. But with not a minor league season, how do you know that that player is going to be able to come up to the major league? So for me, even though it's one of the more expensive options for 2021, it probably makes some sense to bring him back because you don't know what else you can get in terms of players in free agency or what the free agent market's going to look like exactly and all those things. So just because of hit the position he plays, I'm bringing him back. Now, if he was a third baseman and you brought back Jed Jerko on a million dollar less and you're like, we believe in you and we hope that that 2019 injury-riddled season was just kind of a fluke, and you'll be back to, you know, what Tyler mentioned, that 2016 season where he had 30 home runs. But the fact that he's at first base, I just don't see a lot of other options in the organization, so I would probably want to bring him back as well. Yeah, I get your reasoning with why to bring him back. That makes it makes sense. And the thing with Justin Smoke that makes it so tough is he's been one of those more consistently proven players always hitting 20 plus home runs the averages fluctuated from like 220 to 270 280s ish um so that that's kind of a crapshoot but you know he's gonna mash some home runs for you and produce and get some runs in the thing that makes me want to say no though is the fact that and it still kind of stings is that eric thames last offseason signed for a four million dollar contract and Justin Smoke is more expensive than that. And yeah, they're, they're kind of similar players in a way, but I feel like you should be able to go out and get a first baseman who can mash a bunch of home runs for a little bit cheaper than $5.5 million. I mean, hopefully it's not like, who was it, when the Brewers had Chris Carter, he hit like 40 home runs, but like barely hit 200. You obviously don't want that. But. Um, getting someone else, it's kind of where I'm leaning right now. Yeah, and I think that's fair. And that's, I feel like that's a position that there is at least that Justin Smoke or Eric Thames level of player on free agency. So that that way of thinking might be just as good. It just kind of depends what David Stearns prefers. Yeah, it absolutely does. 
And if we're going to switch over to the pitching side of things, David Phelps is the next guy we have up. So his salary for this season um, was kind of one of those prove-it deals, $1.5 million. And then he has a club option in 2021 for $4.5 million, so a $3 million increase there for a guy who's had some successful seasons, but not as of late. So... I guess kind of going with the the thing you can always find relief pitchers anywhere anyway. I'm going to say no, we're not bringing him back for that price, but do you disagree at all? Originally, I was going to say no just cuz he played for the Cubs last year. But actually, if you go look like I know ERA is and everything, but it's a nice thing that most everyone that's listening to this podcast is going to understand. Basically since 2016, his ERA has been at or below 3.41, somewhere in that range. And actually, 2016, he was at 2.28. 2018, he doesn't have any stats on, so I imagine he was injured that year. Um, But his numbers are actually pretty good when you look at them. Uh, 2013, 2014, 2015, he was in the fours, anywhere from 4.38 to 4.98. Um, but since then, like I said, he's been under that 3.41, which where he was last year was that 3.41. So looks to be playing pretty well. And he's got a career average of 3.86. Like it sounds like he could definitely, like we've been talking about with this Brewers team, is just kind of raise that floor. He's one of those pitchers that does it, I think. But is it worth the 4.5 million option in 2021? Yeah, Tyler, maybe you're right. Maybe they can just go find a similar type of pitcher for a cheaper contract that, you know, maybe you just do the David Phelps deal again with someone else and get that cheaper first year option first year contract and then have an expense more expensive option for year two if they are able to perform. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. I like I like your thinking there. The last one and I just have to mention it because it's Ryan Braun. He's got that mutual option for $15 million, which I think we can both agree is not going to be picked up by the Brewers. But I don't know. Do you have a quick prediction? Do you think if there is no season, he elects to, to come back? He doesn't want to go out on a, you know, on a no season at all? <laughs> That's tough. I think, I think he could, you know, get that $4 million buyout and come back on a one-year cheap deal just to kind of one last hurrah he gets his time around the majors one more time to see all the different guys in the league and have those kind of send off moments with those guys and that type of thing um and i do think he probably deserves that so i kind of hope he does come back on a cheap one-year deal um but yes obviously it's not going to be on that mutual option for 2021 yeah, those send-offs would be interesting. Uh, I think it'd be kind of mixed around the league in terms of how that would how that would go, especially in Wrigley. Yeah, that that wouldn't end well. But some other places would be kind of interesting to see how how other fans and fan bases react. So hopefully he gets that. Maybe it's next year. Maybe it's the year after. Who knows? Hopefully Ryan Braun is Iron Man and keeps playing for a while here. But. We're going to switch over to some of the arbitration players. So these are a little bit trickier. I haven't heard an official ruling on 
how their salaries will be handled if there is no season. So I'm just going to assume for our purposes that they're staying the same as they would have gotten paid for this season. So I'm going to run through the list here, and then I'll get your thoughts on anyone who catches your eye. We have Corey Knable. He would have to come back for $5.125 million. Josh Hader for 4.1, Alex Claudio for 1.75, Manny Pena for 1.85, Omar Narvaez for 2.83, Orlando Arcia for 2.2, Ryan Healy for 1 million, and then Ben Gamble for 1.4. Anyone catch your eye there that you're like, I don't know if I want to bring him back, or what are you thinking? I think, like, for Brewer money purposes, it's good to have, like, if it all the salaries stay the same. To be able to keep Knable and Hader at those numbers, because I think they're pretty club-friendly numbers for them. Um, obviously, we'd still love to see Josh Hader at that 600000 or whatever he was making last year. But uh, for those two players, I feel like they're good numbers for the Brewers. Um, other than that, I still feel like all of those numbers that you mentioned are pretty reasonable contracts, and there's none that are like... I see a contract and I'm like, oh, hell no, please get rid of him. There's there's really none like that because as much as Orlando Arcia has been a little bit of a disappointment for me, at least at the plate, to have a shortstop that you can trust defensively for $2.2 million and occasionally can give you some streaks of being able to be a major league hitter, I I mean, I don't love it, but I also am not like deathly afraid of bringing him back at that contract so i i would be fine with bringing everyone back provided that they they need to bring these players back and they need the guys on the roster but maybe someone can step up at shortstop in our organization i obviously would want to bring them all back too and that 2021 season would be Corey knable's last arbitration year so 2022 then if he performs well next year or this year if there is a season or whatever he could be looking at a a pretty good payday if he performs well over that stretch and the only other question mark I had there was I put Ben Gamble in my mind as a question mark just because the Brewers not only 40-man roster but minors are kind of crowded with outfielders you think we have Tyrone Taylor and Corey Ray on the 40-man rosters would it just be cheaper to bring one of them up and serve as your replacement outfielder I don't know. I liked Ben Gamble. He hit lefties crazy well last year and was, was pretty clutch, and he's got good defense. But yeah, I don't know if you're trying to save pennies in the world of professional baseball, that, that might be one thing the Brewers elect to do. But otherwise, everything else is pretty good. That might not even be just the money situation. That might be for player development to get those guys to be able to take a step and have them be guys that can come in you know, every so often, they're not going to play every day, but have them come in as defensive subs if they're good, or have them play a little bit at the major league level, have them get some pitch, pinch hit opportunities. Not bringing back Ben Gamble could allow them to be able to do that with some young players, which might not be best for the team in 2021, but in 2022, 2023, and beyond, that might be the best thing for the club in the long run because you're allowing these players to develop at the major league level, but not throwing them in and expecting them to be the next Christian Yelich or anything like that. You're just kind of getting their feet wet and allowing them to develop at that major league level. 
Yeah, absolutely. Especially a year where the minor league season is going to be lost. The player development is it's just going to be all out of whack at first. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And another thing I'm kind of unsure about is we have guys like Brandon Woodruff and Eric Lauer who are in their last year of pre-arbitration this year. So 2021, they would have to go and you know, either the Brewers have to agree on a contract with them or not, whatever. But they're in for a substantial pay increase. And what those numbers are, especially if there is no season, I don't know how that's going to look or how that's going to play out. But it is just kind of worth tucking away in the back of your mind. Because when you also take a look at the 2021 season, there are some substantial contract things going on we mentioned Ryan Braun already we lose his big deal and then in 2021 it's the last year of cheap Christian Yelich he's getting paid 14 million dollars and then it jumps up to 26 in 2022 and beyond all the way up until you know I think he's getting paid till 2050 but obviously not 26 mil every year so there is going to be a lot more availability of money for the Brewers to spend this 2021 offseason just due to those two factors. So everyone always likes to bring up the contention window. The Brewers could be in position to make make a splashier sign if they do so choose. I mean, you also have guys like Lorenzo Cain, who in 2021 will get paid $17 million. And then uh, Garcia, our newest one of our new additions will get, be getting paid $10 million. So they do have those contracts, but there's going to be a lot more room to make another sign there if they want to want to be serious and make a push at at doing something in the play, in the playoffs here. So any other final closing remarks you have at all, Trevor? So obviously you brought up uh, Brandon Woodruff and Eric Lauer. And my my question to you is, what are you thinking in terms of Brandon Woodruff, I don't know how the whole arbitration thing's going to happen in this year that they didn't, if they didn't play, like how all that's going to work. But if, if he is eligible for arbitration and that's the route that they end up going with him, where do you think that that number is going to kind of end for Brandon Woodruff? You know, like you mentioned earlier, Josh Hader's at 4.1 million, Alex Claudio's at 1.75. I imagine somewhere in the middle but closer to Hader's number or am I completely wrong because he's a starting pitcher and might get Hader's number even more no I think you're on the right track and Woodruff is tough right because he really had a his first full season in the starting rotation last year in 2019 and yeah his, he puts together some good numbers but he was injured so his innings innings total isn't very high and then he was shuttled between the bullpen and the starting rotation in years before that. So he doesn't have absolutely gaudy numbers that says he needs to get paid a lot of money. So, yeah, I, my number was somewhere between 3 and $5 million was what I was going to guess. So you're on the right track, I think. Yeah, and obviously, like the Josh Hader thing, last year he was getting paid $561,000. So he is that's going to eat away a little bit at their available money to be spending on players but like you said getting that mutual option off a bronze contract I think there could be some space um, if there is no season in 2020 to have some cap that like you said gets that 2021 
um, contention window and you make a splash and you go into 2021 with a pretty exciting team for Brewers fans to cheer for. Absolutely, especially because you'll still have a really cheap Keston Hira, Freddie Peralta we locked up long-term for like three mil-ish a year. Corbin Burns will still be cheap, so... There's, there's lots of good positives there um, and while these are lasting. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. And, again, this was just a way too early 2021 outlook exercise just to get us thinking about these things. And it's not something I want to be thinking about in June, but with nothing else going on, I figured, why not? So on next week's episode, we'll, dra- we'll dive into a little bit of the draft prospects, break them down, and... We will go from there. So until next week, we will see you later, Brewer fans. Trust in Stearns.